All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another insightful episode of Wellness Wisdom. Uh, today, we are diving into a topic that resonates with so many of us, which is breaking free from the constraints of the allopathic healthcare system. Our focus today is on taking charge of our own well-being and learning to advocate for our health in an empowered and informed way. We have an incredible roundtable of holistic health coaches with us again today, ready to share their wisdom and insights. So let's jump right into it. I want to introduce to you Bobby McGrath, Sarah Beaton, Jane Phillips, Michelle McCoy, Kathy Riley, and myself, your host, Shannon Spears. And today we're just going to have an all around roundtable discussion like we usually do, just everybody kind of piping in where they have thoughts. Um, first, I wanted to go over our disclaimer, like we always do. We are not licensed medical professionals. The information that we share with you today is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe for any health issues that you have. And the information we discussed is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to have a conversation with your doctor before you make any changes to your health and lifestyle. All right. So, before we explore ways to regain control of our health, let's discuss for a little bit the limitations of our current allopathic healthcare system. Too often, appointments feel rushed, diagnoses are reduced to codes and prescriptions. It's time to ask ourselves are we really getting the care that we need? So, first question for all of you ladies is can you share an example of your experience that highlights the frustrations that many of our listeners face within the system that we have? Kathy, why don't you go first? Yeah, um, un unfortunately, the allopathic world um, is centered around insurance. So the doctors, you know, are required to see so many patients to keep that insurance. And unfortunately, they really only allot maybe 10 or 15 minutes per patient. So they really don't have the time to discuss or even listen to you, discuss options. Um, they normally just, um, you know, give you a quick exam, like I said, within that 10 or 15 minutes, offer you a prescription and out the door they go. You know, whereas I think we need, um, I, th I think we're gonna talk about this later too, is, you know, the need for education on our part, on the patient's part, and have some good questions for the doctor, um, and and really, you know, speak to them. Um, maybe even shop for a new doctor if they're not listening to you. I think that's you know some very important factors. Um, another really important thing is I wanted to mention is I believe uh, doctors are only given 16, 18, 20 hours of education and nutrition. So when they tell you what you eat has nothing to do with it, I have to beg to differ. They just don't have the education to share the proper information with you. I would definitely agree with that, Kathy, for sure. Um, so many times we see, you know, even those, especially those who have um, diabetes, for example, and, you know, they're told that they have to stay away from things like potatoes and fruits and things like that. And that's just not true. You know, they should be staying away from processed foods and doctors never tell them that, right? They just tell them to look at the sugar content to also go with artificial sweeteners, which can do more damage to somebody with diabetes than, than anything. So, you know, it's, it rings true all the way around. 
Um, and unfortunately, a lot of nutritionists today, they if they are registered dietitian, they follow the SAD diet, the standard American diet, um, which is no better than what doctors have learned in medical school. So Jane, what are some of your thoughts um, um, from your experiences that highlight what's going on in the medical system? Well, first and foremost, across the board, allopathic medicine does not take into account the holistic aspects of health. Uh, for example, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find an allopathic physician that asks about all facets of health. And as uh, let's see, as the other person, um, <laughs> as the other person mentioned, the nutrition piece of that, right? So it's just kind of being swept under the rug and you feel like the prescription pad gets whipped out at you without even feeling heard and seen. And so oftentimes what you find is a big piece of the puzzle is missing and patients leave the office disempowered and lost. And I certainly have. So I just want to throw that in there. That's been in my experience as well. I want to let people know that they're not the only one and there are ways around that. And I think Bobby has some really good points on this as well. Thanks. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on the prescription pad, whipping it out. Let's go. Let's put down something that you can take, a pill, a potion, a surgery, a procedure, a test. Um, and I think a lot of times they skip over the intake process of just kind of checking the boxes on how are you sleeping? You know, what are you eating? Um, how much time are you spending winding down and sleeping as far as your stress level? Um, what is your stress level? I think coming out of the lockdown and COVID and things like that, there's a lot of people that their, their health has changed a lot during that time. And I think the doctors need to take the time to to be able to decipher between, you know, is this person, could their health symptoms be related to the stress load that they're carrying or the experience that they had coming out of, you know, COVID and lockdown and all the things that we've dealt with. Um, so I think what's missing in the allopathic system is that time, like Kathy mentioned, the time constraints, they have to have a diagnosis and they have to come up with one in a short period of time. And that's really hard to do when you don't spend enough time asking questions. And I think that's what's hard. That's why, you know, as we'll talk about later, going into a, a, an actual doctor's appointment, you need to be very upfront um, with, you know, all of your information. Even getting it there ahead of time is a great way to do it, too. Um, and I think the other part to this whole system is that fact that we are constrained with the providers that we get to choose. And I think that's really unfortunate for a lot of people because there may be a doctor in a different network or, you know, in my case, we went out of state for some of our care for one of my kids and a lot of it wasn't covered. So unfortunately, that is a huge piece to the puzzle. Yep. I agree with you. We've had to do that several times with my husband um, and my kids having to go out of state to get proper care because there hasn't been proper care around us and we've had to pay out of pocket. But I'd rather do that than take a risk of more issues coming from, you know, not getting the proper care. Sarah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have years of experience of this like we all have, right? Of, you know, 
being frustrated in the doctor's office, waiting for an hour or 30 minutes for the, your five minutes of glory that the doctor's got his hand on the doorknob, waiting to leave. You can, you can sense it, right? You can sense their rush. Um, or the nurse knocks on the door to let them know that their time's up and they need to see the next patient. That's always lovely. Um, so yeah, it's all about prescriptions, right? Covering up the symptoms, um, you know, and then you need another prescription to cover up the side effects of the first prescription. And then I can't tell you how many times I've been told by a doctor not to Google my health condition. And, you know, I'd ask them about natural alternatives and they just kind of look at me like I was a freak of nature, right? Mm -hmm. So even like a pediatrician I took my daughter to when she was young, I brought along my functional medicine lab results because I trusted her to some degree. And she flat out admitted to me that she didn't learn that in medical school and didn't know how to read it. And I was shocked after you know being raised in a family where doctors are just held to this high standard. Um, you know, and even asking her about nutrition, right? She had no knowledge of that. And it, it just, all of these years of going to these doctor appointments for whether it be myself or my kids, helped me come to the realization that I've had these doctors on a pedestal that I don't think they really deserve to be on. So that was, you know, a long time for me to come to that determination. But um, I think empowering you know, myself was the biggest thing that came out of that, that I can kind of take back control, right, for my family's health. Yeah, and I'd kind of like to piggyback on something. I mean, everything you all said is 100% on target, but something that Kathy said um, about the insurance companies, and the insurance companies really are dictating what the doctors can and cannot do more and more and more. And it's just a really sad model. Um, and I just went through something a few months ago, personally, where I had had, and, and I'm still fighting a specific test because it was deemed by the insurance company who really does not have the medical knowledge that the doctor has who ordered the test. But this specific test was deemed not scientific and experimental. I mean, for crying out loud, like the doctor ordered the test and the insurance company is refusing to pay it because it's experimental and not scientific. It just blows my mind. And so really they are dictating more and more and more. And another thing that people don't may not really realize is that doctors get a kickback and various different incentives from prescribing specific medication. So it's not just um, and, and of course, you know, we're not saying this across the board that all doctors are just like prescription pad happy, but think about your own experience in the medical system, mm -hmm. right? Think about that. And, and where does it apply to you? How does this apply to you? Doctors do get a kickback for, um, you know, medications, vaccines, they recommend different things. And so it's just something to be aware of, um, or they get incentives. Um, I know a specific doctor has said that um, their family vacations every year was based off of, you know, the, the incentives that they got throughout the year. And so that's just really, you know, I appreciated the honesty, but 
it was very eye-opening for me. So something to be aware of that the insurance company is dictating more than the medical provider might be. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. And thank you for putting that in, Michelle, um, because it is, it's so true. And it's, it's one of those things that are hidden um, so much. It's kind of like the don't say anything about this. This is what's going on. But it's so prevalent today. Um, my experience with the allopathic medical system, I used to trust it for everything. You know, I was brought up with alternative um, wellness, things like that. But as I got older, had kids, you know, I, I started leaning on the medical system um, and my world was rocked the day my son was 12 years old and we found out that he'd had a traumatic brain injury since birth. And I had been fighting for 12 years for doctors to do testing. And I was literally told that it was just my bad parenting and I needed to take more parenting classes to learn how to discipline my children to not be so soft and things like that. Um, and so that that day really rocked my world and completely changed my thought process on the allopathic medical care system. And it propelled me to do what I do today and to do research and to advocate for myself, for my family, and really stand up to doctors when I think what they're saying is wrong. So um, that's part of uh, what we all feel. And this is why we are bringing all of this to you, our audience today. We want to empower you and to help you understand that you do have control over your healthcare decisions. You do have the right to go and research and, and, and talk about things and ask questions and find new doctors if those questions aren't answered. So next question is, you know, how has um, your personal experience um, influenced your approach to holistic wellness? I know for myself, you know, it has really it propelled me into doing more research. It propelled me to read between the lines, really start asking questions. Um, you know, there was a lot of anger that I had to get past first in realizing that I was right all along. My, my motherly instinct, that intuition was right all along. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything more empowering for a woman when you realize that, you know, um, so it was a lot of education and diving in. And so becoming a holistic health coach, you know, it's all about education and making sure that no matter what situation my clients are in or family or friends, when they come and ask me questions, it's the education first. And it's, it's letting them know you can do this. You have the right to do this. You have a right to question. You have a right to do research. You have a right to check Google. You have a right to look up side effects of medications. You have a right to understand how different, um, you know, prescriptions can overlap causing all these other health issues that are going on with you. So, um, and you have a right to ask for tests, you know, you have a right to go to naturopathic doctors, to functional medicine doctors, you know, and to blend allopathic with holistic wellness. Um, anybody want to add anything else to that? Well, I think you're exactly right, you know, about the education portion of it. I mean, you don't know the questions to ask. You don't know what you don't know. So until you empower yourself and, and learn these things, um, you're, you're not going to be able to really, you know, take on these doctors. 
quote unquote. Um, it is your body. If you, you know, your blood, if they tell you you can't have a certain test that you request, you need to stand up for yourself. And there's actually places where you can get your own lab test done now without a doctor's permission to get them. You know, you do have to pay for it out of pocket. But like I said, the first, the biggest part is education. So I really encourage everyone watching this to find somebody you trust, find, you know, a, a, a reliable source um, to, to get informed of what you're, what you're going through. I mean, we all have different issues, but you need to find some really good resources and we'd be glad to help you do that as well. Jane? Well, as for me, I could go on and on about what my parents' experiences are, but for the sake of time, uh, I will focus on mine. So I'd been through procedure after procedure, surgeries, and now in hindsight, it could have been avoided altogether if I had known the, some home care techniques and such and different things that there were out there. So I've learned a lot through those years. And so I want to bring that to my clients. So I strive to relay the information and re-empower them so that they can uh, make informed decisions and experience more favorable outcomes than I did. So all in all, when we know better, we do better, right? I totally agree with that, Jane, because one of the things that when you approach your own personal health, if you think of it in terms of being versus you're the leader of your care versus being led. And you can take advice, you can take, you know, a doctor's opinion and that kind of thing. But in the end, you're the decision maker of whether you have that medication, that surgery, or you go to that procedure, or you certain, follow a certain protocol. And when you give up that power and you hand that over to one provider or a particular group of providers, uh, you know, you've, you, you have lost your power. And I will tell you the portal system that is now available to almost anybody in healthcare as a patient is, is an excellent tool to have, to be able to blend the holistic with the allopathic. Um, and I'll give you an example of what happened to me a few years ago, about four years ago, I was diagnosed through a whole process of fact finding and detecting of mold toxicity, heavy metals, and um, I had chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And so then I needed to build my healthcare team. I needed to figure out who I needed to use, who had the knowledge to be able to help me detox. And I had been seeing my personal physician, my internist for several years. I mean, many, many years. So I portaled him information about my test results, information about the diagnosis, and basically outlined what I needed from him, which was that one of my providers who's a chiropractor could not prescribe certain things and um, couldn't prescribe actually medications or anything, but I, but he could. And so I made an appointment with him. He had the information ahead of time. And right when I walked in, he said, you know what, over the weekend, I did some research on your condition. It's a rare condition. However, I don't think it's as rare as people think. I'm learning more about it and I'm happy to be, you know, more informed and work with your other provider. And I was just so grateful because he's a smart guy, but he didn't know a bunch of things about mold, but he was willing to prescribe a couple of the prescriptions, which were very basic binder kind of prescriptions that weren't going to hurt me or anything like that. And he took that approach. He's like, well, I'm, I'm not up on all of the mold, but I can feel comfortable giving you this prescription. And so to me, that was a, bind, uh, a combi 
combination of holistic and allopathic working together with my chiropractor doctor saying he would give him a report of how I'm doing and what the lab test re re you know, results showed. So to me, anytime you can take the power and lead your own, you know, drive your own bus and get in that driver's seat and ask the right questions. And if that person, if that doctor wasn't going to be the person that was going to help me, guess what? I was going to go out the door and go find somebody that could. And that's really where the ownership comes is put on us for our healthcare. Right. I absolutely agree with that so much. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, I tell my clients that, you know, we as women, we are the heartbeat of our home and it is up to us to educate ourselves, do the, do the homework, do the research, ask for help and not feel like we have to do it all on our own because it's, it's very daunting. It's very overwhelming. And, you know, with my own experience, with my daughter's illness that lasted three years, um, my own health issues, you know, that is what made me passionate about holistic health. Just really seeing the difference, complete difference between conventional health versus holistic health care. It was such a difference. And I will go into that, you know, a little bit later, but just really knowing that we are the heartbeat of our home. And so it is, there is that burden of responsibility, but it's also a blessing that we can then help. You know, I think like Jane said, when we know better, we do better and then we share better. So when we know, then we can spread that out into our families and then our friend circle and our churches and just, just keep spreading out the the information, the knowledge, and encouraging other people to also learn. And prayer is huge. You know, when I went through what I went through with my daughter, I had to pray so much and just ask the Lord for wisdom and guidance and direction. And Lord, what are my next steps? Like I wasn't getting help, you know, and I didn't know what to do and where to turn until three years had gone by and I went outside of conventional medicine. So this is a God-given call on my life and it is what truly drives me. And I know that we all feel the same way. We all have a personal story. And, you know, Sarah, I know you, um, we've talked about this many times. Yeah. Yeah. I would say just to add in my personal experience of what kind of brought me to holistic wellness would be what I experienced with losing my dad. Um, January to be 20 years. So I had three little kids at home. So what you said about being the heartbeat of your family, right? I had one, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-year-old. And it was a massive stress in my life. And um, sometimes they say you have to go through that, right? To kind of come up from the fire or whatever. I don't know what the saying is, but um, he was a victim of the allopathic healthcare system. And that was hard for me to swallow, even though I had been kind of going down you know, as far as my kids were concerned, um, the holistic road that kind of really prompted me to jump, jump in with both feet, essentially. So losing my dad kind of prompted me to look into everything, holistic wellness, you know, whether it was, you know, the things that we get at the pediatrician for our kids, I had been searching that out. So I completely changed everything over the last 20 years. Our family has gone through a massive shift in the way we live whether it's food, different therapies we go to, um, different types of practitioners, right, on the holistic side of things. So it's been a huge learning experience, but um, has become a huge passion of mine as well. 
Now, as you, as our listeners hopefully can hear is that, you know, as holistic health coaches, like we all have experiences and many of them are the same types of experiences that, that you have, you know? Um, so we're just, we're ordinary people. We're going through the same things and we're finding solutions. We're helping to become advocates for other people, not just our families, but we've decided to do it for other people as well. Um, as we navigate the viral chaos and the changing healthcare landscape that we've seen the last few years, it's important to realize that we do have the power to influence our health incomes. Our goal today is really to empower our listeners with practical strategies to take charge of their health journey. So what are some common misconceptions that people have about holistic health and how we can address them? Um, my one of the biggest things that I see is that people that I'm around locally, um, I talk to um, even some family members, right? They feel like what I do is completely against the healthcare system as a whole. Like hundred, like I'm totally against going to a doctor. I'm totally against the healthcare system, um, that I'm an anti-vaxxer, that I'm not as educated as someone else in the healthcare system, that, you know, I, I, I work with quack doctors, things like that, right? It, it's a huge, huge misconception. Um, my education has allowed me to understand that there can be the best of both worlds, that we can mix you know, um, education and in um, wellness theories and tactics and everything that have been around for thousands and thousands of years with new age scientific research type of things, you know, like I'm not against the healthcare system. You know, if you have a broken bone, go to the emergency room. If you need a surgery, go to the hospital, like all of these different things, but it's learning when, when are those decisions supposed to come in understanding and being educated. And a lot of times I have found, obviously with like the story I just told, I was more educated than the doctors that were treating my son. Um, and you know, I was able to go into a doctor's appointments and tell them exactly why I wanted the testing and things were going on and, and they didn't listen. So, you know, it's, it's a very big, probably one of the biggest common misconceptions people have about the holistic health and wellness field. Um, Bobby, what are your thoughts on this? I, I completely agree. I think the misconception is that we're, we're beating up the allopathic system. And I think there's great things to, for from the allopathic system as far as life-saving techniques and cutting edge, you know, even cutting edge medications. But I think, I think the biggest thing I bump up against when I talk to people about um, some of the regenerative health protocols that I use and herbs that I know a lot of us use and different lifestyle hacks, I would say, you know, stress relief and things like that. They look at it and they go, oh yeah, well, that's, that's going to take me too long to get better right? That's, that's, I want something quick and easy. I want to drive through kind of solution. And unfortunately, that's what allopathic medicine has built is kind of like a, a one-stop shop. You know, you either cut it out, burn it out, chemo it out, or, you know, we don't have anything for you, medicate it. Um, where holistic health takes time. It takes ex extra time and care. It takes commitment. And that's one of the things that when I'm working with someone, you know, I kind of talk about the timeline. There's a lot longer timeline with holistic medicine as far as regenerating your body. And you can get some symptoms improved quickly, which is what we want to do, but it's not a one-stop shop. And I think 
with allopathic medicine, unfortunately, if the one-stop shop doesn't work, their 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 bag of tricks is empty. Their toolbox is not as deep as ours. And so, unfortunately, sometimes our toolbox scares people um, because it's yeah. not something that they grew up with, right? And um, unfortunately, there's a lot of old traditional time-tested things that we actually bring to our clients that maybe they've heard of because grandma used to do it or grandma used to say to take this. And it's been around for a long time for a reason. And so some of it is just fear of the unknown or the uncomfortable um, or being open, really yeah. being open. And I, I want to piggyback real quick before we move on to the next person. Um, something you said, you know, allopathic medicine has a tend to do things quickly, like cut something out. And for our listeners, I want, I want to uh, give an example of that. Um, one of the biggest examples we have right now is a gallbladder. You know, if you're having pain in certain areas and they determine it's your gallbladder, it's, oh, it's an easy, it's an easy surgery. You're in and out, you know, in a couple of hours, we're just going to take that gallbladder out. However, the gallbladder is an extremely important organ for your digestive health. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, your digestive health is extremely important to keep healthy for your immune system. Um, I am someone who um, went through that, had my gallbladder removed, and I have had nothing but problems since. So many of my clients have digestive issues since they've had their gallbladders taken out. And now I understand, literally could have just done a gallbladder cleanse and taken care of most of my issues with it and just kind of done that on a consistency um, and be able to support the body and what it naturally can do in the natural healing ways of the body that it has. So Jane, what are some of your thoughts on this? Okay, so I just wanna add in that holistic health is not a fad or novelty. In fact, the roots go way back. So at least 5,000 years ago, China, uh, you have these uh, energetic forces uh, that they influence emotions, thoughts, and beliefs. And you have Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, and they're still practiced today. So that's proof right there that they still work and they are a powerful way to complement allopathic medicine. Uh, time and time again, they've, they've proven themselves quite valuable. So I just want to throw that in there for our listeners and, and viewers that just to consider that piece of that, just to have a way to to make it whole make your uh, your health whole absolutely i think that's it's definitely something that you and i for sure run up against and and kathy some points too because we're all educated in herbal medicine and so we use you know herbal medicine traditional chinese medicine the, our education in that to combine you know when it comes to supplements when it comes to teas for health all these different things. And we are living in a society now that is becoming more open to that. But I know when we first when I first started, it was like, oh no, no, don't do that. You know, you're 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 gonna cause yourself more harm from that or something, you know. And it was like, but it's been studied for thousands and thousands of years. It's consistently worked for thousands and thousands of years, right? So why not combine the best of both worlds? Um can I add something to that really quick? So listening to this, it just reminds me that the the current situation the current um, philosophy right now has only been around for about 100 years the pharmaceutical industry the doctors you know all of this came around just 100 150 years ago so really you know who should you trust the old ways or the new ways so I just just want to throw that out there fantastic point absolutely sarah how about you um just probably one other thing that i would add is the misconception that it's expensive so sure yes 
there are some practitioners that are expensive. There's some expensive lab tests and supplements, but there's also some that aren't, right? But people need to realize just how many lifestyle changes they can make to make that dent in their, their health, right? I think it's empowering for people to realize they can do stress reduction techniques, um, um, food, change, change their food to a healthy way of eating, eat whole food plan, um, and exercise, just those things alone, and there's a whole slew of other ones, they can make a huge change in their overall health. And I think that's something that's very empowering once people realize that. Absolutely. So how do each of you, you or know, you know, whoever wants to answer this, um, how do you see the role of holistic health practices in preventing health issues before they become more serious? And kind of piggybacking on that as well, you feel free to talk about some examples of how holistic practices can complement those allopathic treatments in certain situations. So kind of, you know, back and forth, one or the other. I think one of the things that can be really helpful for our listeners is just go back to the basics. And if the if your provider's not making sure, you know, that you're drinking half your body weight in ounces of water per day, and especially if you're on any kind of medication, you need to have flow going in your system because your liver's taking the pieces of the pharmaceutical that it can use to help you get better, but it's also having to filter out all of the fillers and the junk that are in the medication. So if you're on any kind of medication, making sure, you know, holistically, we talk about how much water are you taking in? Are you eating things that are whole food based or does it come out of a bag or a box with a, a list you know, the length of your arm of ingredients, um, all of the holistic kind of things with regard to sleep and protecting your sleep, finding space and downtime, mindfulness, all of those holistic practices can definitely lift somebody up and help them with any type of allopathic care that they're getting because it's covering the foundation of your health. And that's only going to make any choices that you choose for your health that are you know, smart choices to be able to exacerbate or to in actually influence the outcome of that you're trying to go after with that. Because it's important to always just make sure that you're, you've got the foundation. Otherwise, if you put the cart before the horse, you're going to be struggling for sure. Jane, did you have something that you wanted to add to that? Yes, absolutely. I wanted to touch on the practitioner being a guide and helping clients tap into their instincts. Time and time again, I'm seeing my clients, uh, they just don't feel like they're in tune with their bodies. So I think that's an important piece to achieve mind-body awareness, and they can take a step back into simple habits, right? Like you were mentioning before, and also figuring out what's not right instead of what's wrong, right? Because oftentimes the allopathic medicine model is looking for what's wrong, what's wrong. And I think it puts the person's uh, nervous system into sympathetic dominance. And so they're stressed out about that. And then stress out about any ensuing um, diagnoses or something on a chart, right? So we want to make sure we're supporting the nervous system and reducing overwhelm. So I think that will go a long way in uh, making the patient feel more at ease. Yeah. And really, how many times have you gone to the doctor and waited so long to be seen, had that eight minute appointment, um, maybe with very little eye to eye face to face contact, and then walking out with more questions than you have answers, right? 
I think that women specifically are getting really tired of not being listened to, and rightly so. I've gone through it. Each one of us here on the panel have gone through it. Some of us are still going through it, depending on you know what our concern is with our family members or ourselves. And so I just really want to encourage you listening that you are your own best advocate for your health. You do not have to kick the can down the road and follow the wait and see approach. Let's test you again in six months. Your labs look normal. I think I said this once before. I know I talked to my clients about this. Just because something is common doesn't make it normal. So seek out help. Keep asking. Fire your doctor if you have to, because you are in charge. They work for us. And if you are not getting the help you need, the answers that you need, keep asking, keep searching, keep looking. But know that you do have options. There are options out there. You can blend allopathic and functional or holistic medicine. There are holistic and functional providers, doctors, and health coaches that focus on getting to the root cause not throwing spaghetti at the wall, <clears throat> excuse me, and wasting time, you know, um, just seeing what sticks, right? Or putting a Band-Aid approach on it, but really helping you with your dis-ease before it turns into disease. So dis-ease, just, you know, your body not being in a state of optimal health, something is wrong. Like Jane said, ask what's not right. Um, you know, just really getting very specific proper testing to really fully see the big picture, not guessing. Because over-medicating, over-prescribing, it's just not helping patients to get to their, their specific, because it's not a one-size-fits-all, but their specific root cause of their disease. And sadly, the days of healthcare of a healthcare system are over. We now have a disease management system. And I think that people are looking for a better way. I think they are tired, like I said, of not being heard, not being listened to, kicking the can down the road, turning towards natural help. This is where they are most likely going to begin to find the answers to their questions. I think that more and more people are turning to, towards holistic, functional, natural health, restorative health. And that does not mean that you have to sacrifice allopathic medicine. There can be a blend. I've got a real something that popped in my mind just then is um, I believe that there's a statistic saying that um, most autoimmune conditions show up pri 10 years prior to it actually manifesting. So if you're dealing with issues now, there's a very good chance that it's gonna turn into an autoimmune condition. And once you have an autoimmune condition, you're more likely gonna get two or three more. So it's really important that you look into these um, tips that we're giving you earlier better than later, because we don't want you to get to that condition. Absolutely, and really piggybacking off of that, Kathy, I mean, I've had multiple clients where I can literally go through their health history and backtrack where things started back in college when they were under high stress, they weren't eating, they weren't sleeping. And then all of a sudden, six months later, you know, they're starting to get these symptoms and they're ignoring and they just keep going and going because they're under so much stress. And it's been very eye-opening for them to say, wow, like I, how did I miss this? You know, well, it's, it's easy to miss because of the society that we're in. And for what you said, Michelle, as far as like testing, right? And we've all learned this, you know, 
when holistic holistic testing can be done and go along with what's being tested allopathically you know things like a gi map or gut zoomer for digestive health a dutch hormone test cortisol test right like these are all things that allopathic medical care system says don't work there's nothing to them but yet we find all the time as holistic health coaches answers for our clients through these tests combined with the labs and everything that allopathic medicine is is ordering right so to be able to read between the lines and see these other things that are going on inside the body you know whether it's bacteria viruses pathogens um, hormones that are out of control or the different pathways detox pathways that are closed in our body and won't allow our body to do these different things so sorry Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, one more thing that popped into my mind when you were discussing that is the difference between functional lab results and what the, most doctors are looking at. Um, there's yeah. you know, when the doctors are the you know mainstream doctors are looking at your results. They're not only looking at healthy people, but they're looking at sick people as well. So they're they're really looking at a much more broad range of numbers where you only want to be looking at those healthy numbers. The functional range is what we call them. So just because they say it's normal, it's not necessarily normal. It's normal for all the people, not just the healthy people. So keep that in mind as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah, anything you want to add? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think times are changing. I think that many are now seeing that the current medical model that we have in place is not preventing health issues. So mm -hmm. many are seeing that they now have to take a more active role in their health, take charge. Um, holistic practices are available now more than ever. I think social media has kind of helped that, right? A little Instagram, a little TikTok, people can search things. And I think it's empowering for them to see that it's just not all the allopathic care, that there's so many other things out there that people are doing and to take care of not only their body, but their mind and their spirit as well. So absolutely. So moving on, um, talking about kind of breaking the chains that are binding us to the allopathic healthcare system. Um, I want to talk really about the steps that each of us have taken um, to take care of more things at home and be able to break our dependence on the medical care system for anything and everything. I remember when my oldest was younger, it seemed like we had to go to the doctor for everything, you know, like every little sniffle and sneeze. And of course, when they're in school, you know, the school is like, hey, you know, they need to go to the doctor. They need a doctor's note before they can go back. All of these different things um, that make us have to go. Um, and it came to the point where I was able to kind of read between the lines and saw the system where it was failing. It, like that you know the school saying well you have to have a doctor's note well why don't i just keep them home for an extra day or two why can't we just send the schoolwork home let them complete it at home and they're not necessarily missing days right that's something i fought with all the time um and we also had military health care for a, a number of years which was awful um and it made me realize for sure that you know everybody talks about government health care not in this country I, I do not want government health care because the government health care that our military gets is absolutely awful um, I've seen it time and time again with my brother, with my husband, with um, both of my sons, um, my dad, everything. So, you know, can you share just like one or two realizations that you had that just that moment that really propelled you forward to make changes? And along with that, you know, what are one or two changes that our listeners could apply as well 
you know, if, if they find themselves in the same situation, this is kind of that segment of we want them to take those action steps and kind of realize where they're at and, and what can they do? What's that next step for them to do to kind of break out of those habits? Again, I'm, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I think education is key. You really need to take your own health in your own hands and learn research. You know, there's books out there, there's doctors out there, whatever condition you're dealing with, there are experts out there and we want to help you. So the biggest thing is eating, you know, taking care, taking charge of your own health, educating yourself. And then of course, you know, eating whole foods, staying away from those packaged foods is, is huge. It's, they're, they're poisoning us. I mean, downright poisoning us. If you even look at the, um, the, the foods in America versus Europe, you know, they have yeah. all these, the dyes, the, all the red, red dyes and all of this, they're not in European foods. They're, they're banned. So, you know, take that into consideration and, and really feed yourself well and, and don't, don't eat things that have a ingredient list a mile long on them. So if you can't read it, don't eat it. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to do a future episode on that too. You know, things like glyphosate being in the wheat flour and on the wheat. And that's, that's what's causing issues with gluten intolerance. It's not the wheat itself, you know, how it differs, like you said, Kathy, from other countries as well. Michelle, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is a really good time for me to jump in with my story of what brought me to holistic health. Um, my daughter, about 20 years ago, our daughter was really sick with chronic headaches and migraines coupled with eczema and psoriasis. And so she was a really sick little girl. And we had done all of the typical testing. We had done the blood work, the you know MRI, CAT scan, all of that, the allergy testing. We have done all of that. But they really couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And they were, like I said earlier, throwing spaghetti at the wall and looking to see what stuck. But, you know, simply put, conventional or allopathic medicine really did fail us at that time because it never should have taken three years to get to the why. Like it never should. Children should not be sick for three years before you have an answer as to why. And really... All the tests were done, but they were looking at just one part of her. And that is a definite difference between allopathic and holistic medicine is just looking at one piece of her. They were looking at her head. They were testing and medicating based on the head. They weren't looking at her as a whole person. So again, there were no, there was no reason why it should have taken three years. So I had to step outside of allopathic medicine. I had to seek out a holistic provider. I also had to go into another state to get the help I was looking for. Then we were able to help her recover. Then we were able to help her heal her gut and, and just to uh, re, re, um, populate the good bacteria in her, in her gut and just really help her to repair that gut lining. And it just, was able to help her just recover from that and just learning what we learned about all of that. So I do um, go into more detail on that on in my podcast, Treasured Wellness in episodes one and two, but it's really, it was a pivotal part in my life and in my story. And then in my own health issues, right? Because moms are always putting all their eggs into one basket, taking care of their kids, but their own health can be declining. And that, that was the case for me too. So I, I want to share two changes that I think would really help you who are listening, changes that I made. And one was ordering my own lab tests online. 
you know, not taking no for an answer that I, I could when I was told that they couldn't order a certain lab again, back to what I said earlier about the insurance companies dictating what labs can and cannot be ordered, even if a doctor orders it, ironically, but you know, just knowing that I had that opportunity, that control, that that was my right to be able to do that. And then secondly, so many of us have said this, educating. I educated myself on my specific issue, her specific issue. I kept going back to the doctors, asking questions and saying, could it be this? Could it be that? Like, could food have anything to do with it? And they said, no, food has nothing to do with it. Feed this little girl anything she wants. She doesn't feel good. Food had everything to do with why she was so sick and it was poisoning her. It was making her sicker. So, you know, make a list of questions, write down your notes, take notes while you're there in, in the office. And one important piece I want to be sure I say and I advise my clients on this a lot to keep the emotion out of it. And I know that's hard to do, but state the facts, you know, journaling your symptoms and your um, the things that you've tried with what's going on with you will help you to stick to the facts. It's also going to give you information that you need to then give your doctor, but be professional, just keep it to the facts. Um, I call it cliff notes version, right? Just give them what they need to know. You don't have a lot of time. So give them what they need to know to help them make a more informed decision in your care. I have heard so many women say that they broke down in tears in the office because they were so upset and their doctor wrote them a prescription for an antidepressant. Now that may not have truly been the problem, right? but it can often be a band-aid approach that I'm seeing so often. And so sticking to the facts is so important because it really helps with, uh, I think the, the care and the treatment and just the way you are perceived by your provider. I would have to agree with that about, um, getting the prescription given to you. I, two more recent, well, not really recent, but recent issues I've had one, I was at the cardiologist way back when, before this was ever diagnosed. It took me eight years to get diagnosed with SVT, which is supraventricular tachycardia, which is a heart arrhythmia. And for those eight years, every time I went to the cardiologist, they would get, tell me I had anxiety. Even though they'd done the testing, they would tell me I had anxiety and want to give me a prescription. Or actually, I got sent to a therapist first. And I remember sitting at that therapist thinking, this is silly. This is ridiculous. I'm not feeling right about being here. So this SVT took eight years. Can't tell you how many times in more recent years that I've been to the holistic cardiologist that I go to, that he would tell me that I was crazy for not getting on a heart medication or getting the ablation done because that would just take care of it, which after doing my own research, that's not necessarily so. Um, so I was worried and I, and I, I was nervous about doing either one of those things. So I just felt like I should wait and see and just see if I can figure something out with my own research at some point, I could live with it. So recently I did do some extra research and it led me to chiropractic care believe it or not. And specifically something called torque release technique, which they're not cracking your neck or anything in your body. They're using this tool called the integrator. So I went through about 20 some visits. I'm still going. And my SVT has reduced by 90 to 95%, which is life altering, right? So, and it probably would be a hundred percent if I would stop the matcha lattes. So um, another quick thing is the last four years I've had 
PVCs, which is like a skipping heartbeat. Very, very disturbing, like to the point where it was disrupting my life. It was every one to two beats, 24-7. Did some research and met with my endocrinologist. I'd been on thyroid meds. She said, well, you know, that could lead to cardiomyopathy. That freaked me out. I did more research on my own because of my knowledge through the years of being on thyroid meds. I, through holistic means, reduced my thyroid meds and got off of them. I completely weaned myself. And soon after, the PVCs have gone to nothing, completely gone. So I echo everything everyone has said on here. Education, education, education. Do your research. Empower yourself. Don't rely on someone else because they're not living in your shoes 24-7 and they don't know what you're going through. And I like love what you and Michelle are saying because I think a lot of times people have that voice inside them, their intuition, which me personally, I call my intuition the Holy Spirit because I feel like if I spend time listening to myself and that Holy Spirit is guiding me, I'm I'm going to make the best decision. And so I would ask our listeners to kind of boil things down to when they get that hamster on the wheel feeling and the overwhelm of I'm not getting answers. I've gone to the doctors. I don't know what to do. The things that I would really encourage you to do, um, which is one of the things that I did, I had, I have three kids, two were overdue, majorly, very overdue babies. And the second or third one was completely uh, premature, two pounds. So I went from, you know, two different worlds. And once we found out that it was a growth disorder and our world changed, I had to, at that moment, decide who was driving the bus with regard to one of my kids' healthcare. And that's when I had to make the next right decision, not the next 15 or the next 20. It was the next one decision. What was that next decision? So that's what I would focus on is what is your next right step when you get, especially when you get into overwhelm. I would also encourage you when you're in those places and you're having to, to really boil it down to what do you need to do is reach out to your resources, find your resources. Because one of the things I found was uh, the Magic Foundation, which is stands for major aspects of growth in children. Right out of the box, we didn't even leave the NICU and we were already connected with them. And those were families that had gone through what we were going through now. And so anytime you can connect to a group or a network, a Facebook group, um, something that you can reach out to people that are already in your same boat, um, may not walk the same path exactly, but that you have some feeling that you're not alone. Because that is where when fear comes in, and the next decision um, isn't in, you know, in your headlights, you're not really sure, that's where fear can really paralyze your system. And I saw so many parents just paralyzed year after year when we go to these conventions because they just, they couldn't make a decision. That has to actually relate back to your adrenal gland health, which is a whole nother podcast. But um, what I would suggest you do is trust your instincts, follow the Holy Spirit, and make sure that you're taking the next right step because that's where it's going to push that um, push that fear out and replace it with empowerment, which I feel like is really what this whole podcast is all about, right? Well said. Very well said. Thanks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jane, do you have anything to add to that? Yes, I do. So a little background history. Over the years, I had dealt with a lot of gut issues, fibroadenomas, biopsies, uh, through the whole alphabet, practically, um, surgeries, they're thankfully all benign findings, right? So 
I also have the gamut of those timetable recommended testings, right? That you always have. Well, you're X age, you should really have this. You should do this. You should do that. So more or less feeling should, while you know, should it. So while in effect, a lot of those tests are helpful, I didn't feel like I needed to just jump on it without thinking about it. So I basically take a step back, consider what really works for me, because I know myself best. And I consider the risks and benefits. And I can tell you way more often than not uh, nowadays that I will, I will just reach for things in my wellness toolbox instead. And uh, I know a some of what contributed to my health issues and the endocrine system. And part of it is the things that I'm putting on my skin, the products I'm using on a day-to-day basis. I think the average, uh, they say, is like a, a woman is using a number of products per day, at least 12, right? And within those, there's over, there's hundreds of toxins in there. So that really blew my mind when I found out about that. So I'd say one tip is to really uh, consider what the ingredients are in those uh skincare products and whatnot. Another uh, good thing to remember is that the skin is considered a giant mouth. So if you're looking at the labels, definitely look and, and think to yourself, would I eat that? Would I eat that ingredient? And that will stop you in your tracks, right? First of all, if you can't even pronounce it, that's a big problem, right? Secondly, if there are more than five ingredients, that could be a big problem. And then, so it's a really good mantra to follow And it's something I try to do each time I pick up something that I use for my skin or something I want to purchase and things like that. So another thing I do is yoga and breathing practices as much as I can. And lastly, I keep my wellness toolbox at the ready. So those have proven very powerful and I'm so thankful for those. Good. Absolutely. And you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what you said actually leads into our next section that I'm going to just kind of quickly go through for everybody. Um, You know, the skin is the biggest organ in our body, right? It absorbs everything. It takes in everything. Um, One of the things that I did, you know, in learning that was I researched every single ingredient and the things that I was using. Um, If it was synthetic, it went out the window. If it was something that was plant-based, it stayed. If I understood how it was working in the body and everything, you know, so again, it comes down to that education and that research, but you know, this is a big part of how toxins get into our body. This is a big part of how our health is affected um, by outward things. So, um, you know, we're encouraging everyone to take responsibility for their health. And we obviously recognize that minor health issues are going to arise every day. Like we talked about, you know, like kids, the sniffles, the sneezes, the sore throats and stuff like that. Right. Like those are constantly coming around. Um, it, but learning how to combine the best of both worlds holistically at home with what we need in the medical system, whether it's x-rays, blood tests, anything like that, right? Learning to combine those can be a little bit challenging. So I just want to talk a little bit about um, kind of some of the ways that we can strike that balance between the self-care we're doing at home and seeking professional medical guidance, right? So a lot of you have pointed out some great tips as we've been talking today. And, you know, Jane, you mentioned, and Bobby, you mentioned, you know, that self-care toolbox, right? Um, and, and some of the things that can be com- can contained in those are products like herbs, whether it be herbal teas, um, tinctures, which is an alcoholic base um, pr- preparation of herbs, homeopathy, 
um, which is wonderful to use as well. Um, even doing, you know, salves for burns and things like that. Um, using supplements, you know, when it comes to congestion in the lungs, congestion in the sinuses, right? Or that sore throat. I know one of the things that my family uses a lot is colloidal silver. We use a trusted brand and only that trusted brand. Um, and, you know, it's helped with things like strep throat. It's helped with, you know, using the nasal spray portion of it has helped with sinus congestion. Getting, you know, supplements that contain a lot of the herbs that reduce congestion and, and mucus and stuff in the body rather than going to a synthetic cough medicine or mucus medicine on the shelf. You know, we have found huge differences with that. Um, then having a good network of people that you can reach out to for information, whether it's getting involved in um, a Facebook group that talks about using herbs for your health, reaching out and connecting with a health coach, um, listening to podcasts like this. There's a lot of educational podcasts today on alternative health. Um, and also really determining, this is what I, we've all had to learn, but I know with my experience having to go through and learn, what do I have to run to the doctor for right now? Like I said before, I got so used to the school saying, well, they need a doctor's note. So I would make an appointment, get my kiss of the doctor. And here we go. You know, rather than taking a few minutes, like you said, Jane, just to stop and think and go, do I have to do this right now? What are the other alternatives that are on the table in front of me? You know, and for us, I was very well educated in homeopathy, actually had one pediatrician who we absolutely adored would spend 45 minutes with us. And he educated me even further on herbal medicine and homeopathy because he knew that's the route that I wanted to take. And he totally agreed with it. Um, and so learning that and being able to understand that I could just reach in my toolbox and grab some homeopathy to give my child or to grab supplement or an herbal tincture and give that to them and keep them out of school for another day or two. You know, we've never, we don't treat fevers. I don't think we've treated a fever in this house since my daughter was four years old. We let nature take its course. I don't treat with Tylenol, Motrin or anything like that. We have other things in our toolbox that support the immune system that support the body in doing what it needs to do naturally. Um, so learning, just like I said, how to connect with people, educate yourself on these, learning these different ways, and then you making the decision of, do I need to take them right now? Can this wait? Broken bone, need to go. And even I've learned, and not, not every chiropractor will do this, but our chiropractor if I suspect a broken bone, I'm making an appointment with the chiropractor so they can x-ray the bone. If it's a straight break, I personally, with my education, can fix it. I can cast it. I can set it. You know, a lot of people obviously can't do that. But that's what I learned in my journey over the last 15, 20 years of doing this. You know, so all these different things, just it, understanding that your advocation for your health for your children's health, your family's health, your personal health, your extended family's health is based on personal individual needs, not the box that the medical care system puts you in. I think that's probably one of the most important things to realize. So as we wrap up our discussion today, um, we just want to encourage our listeners to become proactive advocates for their health, right? So are there any other specific tools or resources that you guys can recommend for individuals to learn more about any home remedies or holistic approaches, testing or anything like that as they move forward and start to break these chains away from depending 100% on the allopathic medical care system? I think I would 
urge people to look into um, or learn more about castor oil packs, um, which are a very, very, very old kind of castor oil I'm sure you've all heard of, but actual packs where you put it on a flannel, um, a, you know, organic piece of flannel, you actually rub it on the area and then you pack it, meaning that you wrap it and it stays warm and you can wear it overnight. You can wear it for a minimum of 30 minutes, but it is one of those things that can really change the course of your disease, your chronic condition, whatever you want to call it. Um, even minor things can improve, but it has like, it's a triple threat. It's working on your nervous system. It's detoxing things that are in your system that aren't supposed to be there. And it's also bringing in a lot of valuable nutrients for your body to be able to have what it needs to fight the fight that's going on in your system. So that would be the one thing that I would suggest everybody kind of look into and check out. Okay. My big thing is essential oils. And so I've been using them for over a decade now. I started with ones that I didn't realize were not so great. Thankfully, I didn't apply them topically and I didn't ingest them. So that was a good thing. And so I have a particular brand or a couple of brands that I, that I go with and they have supported me and my family in numerous ways. I just yeah, it's amazing. I, I believe in the power of plant medicine. And that's just a, a big thing that I really appreciate. Sarah? Yeah, I was just going to agree with Bobby on the castor oil packs. Those are amazing. Um, Jane essential oils are the holistic MD that we saw right after my dad passed, taught us all about them. And I'd never heard of them, right? So it was all new to me. And those have been amazing throughout the years. Obviously good supplements, herbals, herbal teas are amazing. I've used those for years. Um, homeopathic remedies have been huge for me. I actually had struggled with chronic bronchitis. Every time I got sick, it always turned into a cough. Had a one hour visit with a homeopathy doctor because she she wasn't seeing people in person that one hour she prescribed two things to me and within 24 hours my five month long cough was gone so that was massive for me to see the power in homeopathy um because they really look at the whole person and the history of you so it's, it's very interesting if you really look into it but again research research get involved get involved with facebook groups or go to the bookstore right the old-fashioned bookstore and get a book on herbs or homeopathy. I mean, I think sometimes you forget about that. And I like to hold on to something when I'm doing research. Sometimes it gets really old doing it all online, right? So really a lot of the same things that we all have, right? And one thing just to remember is, and I'm sure you guys will echo this with the organic piece of it, organic castor oil, organic, you know, sure. oils, right, Jane? Oh, and, right. you know, Sarah, just always go organic because if it's mm. not organic, then it's got glyphosate in it that's been sprayed on it and pesticides and definitely not something you want to be putting into your system. Right. Bobby, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. And especially because I, I absolutely agree with everything you guys have said, but castor oil packs are a big thing right now like it's kind of a buzz um treatment i guess so to speak that um people are looking into and i just want to caution you to research you know look for the organic anything that's against your skin you want it to be organic and i have found myself in researching castor oil packs that what is next to your skin isn't necessarily organic so you have to be really careful with that um otherwise you might as well put saran wrap on your stomach <laughs> <laughs> like we used to do back in the day before we came out with all these fancy castor oil packs before we knew how toxic plastic wrap was to the skin. But again, your skin's your largest organ. So if you are 
putting the castor oil on, if it's organic, that's excellent. That's what you want. But then if your next material is plastic or not organic, it's, it's not quite defeating the purpose, but almost see if you might as well go all the way and make sure. Um, I actually just recently got some for my, you know, a castor oil, uh, the oil, and I could not find a pack that was a decent price that was truly 100% organic. So I bought organic cloths and I created my own. So um, that's just an option that you can do as well. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we can tell our listeners as well is start in the kitchen. And I'm not just talking about like processed foods. We've mentioned processed foods here, but a lot of people get scared about herbal medicine and herbal health. And it literally starts in your kitchen. The way that I started was literally, I grew sage in my garden that year. My kids started having, you know, when they get the sniffles and stuff, we made honey lemon ginger tea and I added sage to it. And when they had sore throats, it soothed their throats. You know, um, ginger is hugely antiviral, you know, during this whole viral chaos that we've been through the last couple of years, that was the number one thing in our toolbox every single day. They had honey lemon ginger tea or they had ginger, you know, little ginger lozenges that they sucked on throughout the day to help keep viruses away. Um, and doing things like, um, you know, just simple herbs, including things like basil, garlic, onion. I mean, these, all these things are antibacterial, they're antifungal, they're antiviral. Do the research on some of the very simple herbs and foods that you have in your kitchen and how you can use them. It does not have to be expensive to go holistic and to help make things healthier for you and your family. You can incorporate them into meals. You can incorporate them into teas. You can infuse them in honeys, you know, different things like this. So, you know, it's, it does not have to be expensive whatsoever. So as we conclude, um, I just want to talk about our North Star tip. We always like to give you guys a North Star tip um, that you can take away and implement in your wellness journey. And today's um, is obviously for you to remember that the path to optimal health is one of empowerment, education, and informed choices. We're here to support you every step of the way. Um, you know, you can subscribe to each one of us on social media. You can reach out to us. Um, you follow us, you know, put in your emails for our newsletters. These are the types of things that we talk about all of the time. Um, so reach out to us, let us know that, you know, you need help. We all do free consultations as well, but a lot of the education you can get from us just by following us and listening to, you know, our, our social media posts or getting engaged with the questions and things like that, that we ask as well. Some quotes to consider from today's session. Scared is what you're feeling. Brave is what you're doing from Emma Donahue. And then never lose hope. Storms make people stronger. They never last forever from Roy T. Bennett. So thank you everyone for tuning into Wellness Wisdom. Until next time, stay well, be mindful, and keep shining bright.